Hello and welcome to the Bridge City Church podcast. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am. We'd love to have a coffee and a chat. We hope you enjoy this week's message brought to you by Pastor Robin. See you at church. Right, this morning I would like to speak to you from out of the book of John, John chapter 9, and you probably all know um, these scriptures, but I'm going to read to you from the New King James Version. John 9, 1 to 12, the title of my message this morning is, How's Your Sight? How's Your Sight? Now, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth and his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay and he said to him, go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went and washed and came back seeing. Therefore the neighbours and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, is this not he who sat and begged? And some said, this is he, and others said, he's like him. He said, I am he. Therefore they said to him, how were your eyes opened? And he answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool of Siloam and wash. So I went and washed and I received sight. Then they said to him, where is he? And he said, I do not know. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for your word and declare in this house that your word is truth, your word is life. Father, as I speak this message today that you've, you've spoken so personally to me about, I pray that you would, Lord, anoint my mouth, <laughs> Make my tongue as the pen of a skillful writer to portray what, what truth you want each one to hear today. I pray, Father God, that as your word goes forth, it will accomplish what you send it to do and prosper in that which you send it to work within. I pray, Father God, that as I bring this word, it will be all you. Holy Spirit, you are so welcome in this place today. Lord God, you know each one of us, you know every heart, you know every need. I pray, Father, that your word will speak into each circumstance today in this house and for those that are listening online. In the mighty name of Jesus, I give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honour, for it's all about you, Lord. And everyone said, Amen. Something about the word gets you every time. Today I want to talk about how's your sight? How is your sight? Do we wear glasses? (laughs) Are we good for long distance? Are we good for short-sightedness? Are we seeing things the way God wants us to see? There's a spiritual blindness. There's a natural blindness. 
And today I really want to talk and really zero in on the fact that our spiritual blindness can be a great disability. She says she putting glasses on. It can be a great disability for us all unless we allow God to take those scales from our eyes and let us see the things that he wants us to see. Definition of blindness is an inability to see. That's perfectly obvious, isn't it? I'm blind, I don't see. But then there's also an inability to understand or discern. We can be blind in certain things in our life. We can have severely impaired vision. We can have a total absence of vision and we can have a partial absence of vision. We can... And it's funny, this week I had some prayer needs and I talked to my team and said, can you just pray for me for wisdom and for clarity? Because sometimes we see things but they're not as clear as God wants them to be in impacting our lives and working through us. So I asked my team um, to pray that for me this week. I, you know, I so need wisdom and I so need God's clarity as we all do because um, I'm nothing special. But God is an amazing heavenly father and he always answers our prayer and he always comes through for us as well. But I thought about the absence of light and clarity and I thought about what it's like to be in prison and how blindness in part can put us in a place where we feel like we're in prison, can put us in a place where we feel like we're restricted and blindness will restrict us. But spiritual blindness will restrict us to an even greater capacity because physical parameters, physical boundaries we know are around us. And yet spiritual blindness can blind us to our potential in God and blind us to what God wants to do in us and through us. It can blind us to the fact that God is an all-forgiving, almighty, all-powerful God. And no matter what we've done with our lives or what we haven't done, the power of God is there to forgive us our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness when we confess our sins. And, you know, there's not one of us that's without sin. We're all sinners, but we're saved by the grace of God. And that's incredibly powerful. And God reminds me daily, you are under grace. You're in my grace. You're walking in grace. And it's the same for every one of us as we, as we serve him in, in the best way that we can. But what is it like to live in blindness? You think about it and think about the restrictions on your life. Think about the things that you couldn't do experiences that you'd miss out on what would life look like for you it's a really interesting thought you close your eyes just for a minute has anybody ever woken up in the night and the and the house has been so dark that you just cannot even see your hand in front of your face and you get out of bed to go and do what you need to do and you stub your toe see blindness can cause pain <laughs> blindness can cause stumbling and obstacles we don't see the obstacles that are in our way um, and so we can be restricted and obstructed and hurt by a sense of blindness that is functioning in our life or the clarity that is not functioning in our life. Spiritual blindness is also where we don't see God for who he is, who he really is. 
And if we're not seeing God for who he is, the amazing heavenly father who's not like sitting up there in judgment waiting to whack us on the head for everything that we do wrong, but a loving heavenly father who is just and is true and is all loving and is waiting to embrace you, waiting with open arms for you to come back, just like the prodigal son, come back no matter where you've been. If we don't see him for who he really is, then the reflection of how we see ourselves is wrong. We can see ourselves far below or far far outside of what God has made us to be. We see what has happened in our past and it can blind us to the categories that we put ourselves in, just like the man in this scripture. I'll get to him in a minute. Spiritual blindness is our inability to see the things that God wants us to see. And it can cause incredible misunderstanding because if you don't understand who God is and we will never fully understand how much love God has for us and the person of God until we stand before him one day. But every day we grow in grace and in truth and in understanding of him as we seek him in his word and as we, we pray and as we dedicate our lives daily to him say Lord use me for your glory Lord let me be your hands let me be your feet I want to serve you to the whole extent that I'm able and if we don't see him how he really is we don't see the gifts and the calling that have been placed upon our lives and our ability to serve him despite what our background has been despite what our disability might be and you know all of us are carrying things that Um, we're struggling with every single one of us but blindness can be a cause of incredible misunderstanding of hurts and wrongs and rejections and I see in this scripture that Jesus passed by and he saw the man who was blind from birth the man wasn't named we don't know anything about him nothing said in this passage about him In another gospel, we're told that there was a man called Bartimaeus who sat by the roadside and begged, but we don't know if this is the same man. All we know is that he sat by the road and begged and he sat in the dirt and Jesus saw him. You see, further on in the scripture, others said, is this the man who sat and begged? Is that him? He looks like him. Perhaps it's him. Perhaps it's not. You see, they didn't see him. They didn't see him for who he was. They saw this person sitting in the road, never took the time of day to sit down next to him, see what he needed, to give him what he needed, to to be a friend to him. They didn't know him. And for so many of us, we, we pass by life and we see people and do we really look at them? Do we really understand who they are? Do we really, do we really respect them for the individuals that they are? Because the parable here talks about the... Well, it's not a parable, it's a story. It talks about the fact that, you know, is this really the one that... Gee, is it, was, was it him? Was it him by the road? And yet Jesus knew him. Jesus knew everything about him. Jesus knew his past, his present. Jesus knew what his future was going to be. And Jesus took the time to sit down next to him and he worked with him. He knew all about him and he knows all about us too. Everything we've done, everything that we're going to do, our past, our present and our future. The word says that our times are in his hands. And as we look to him, we know that we can trust him with our very lives. 
no matter what our past has been. But the people said, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And sometimes we look at people when their disabilities are obvious. All of us have a disability, but some of us have got them well hidden. But sometimes people will look at people with this disability and say, well, what happened to him? Why, why is he like that? Why is she like that? Why isn't she living in victory? Why isn't she doing the things that she could do? Why is she so downtrodden? Why is he bitter, angry, addicted? Sometimes, sometimes we judge and we shouldn't judge. When we look at people, we need to listen to God. And when we listen to people, we need to look to God so that we can see through the eyes of the Spirit and understand and discern what's happening, how we can help, how we can pray, what our responsibility is, and know and do. See, Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. See, we can love Jesus all we like, but unless we're walking in obedience, we're not really loving him because we're not honouring him. We're not giving him lordship of our life. We're loving him to the extent that it suits us. And I'm the most guilty of this, so I'm not saying this to lay a heavy on anybody. But sometimes things are easier to do. Some things are easier to do than others. So we need to see with the eyes of the Spirit. We need to look through the eyes that Jesus has given us to see. We need to look with the love, the grace and the mercy that he's placed in our hearts. But that it's the same grace and mercy that he's shared aboard on us so that we can know. And Jesus said, Neither this man nor his parents sinned, but that the works of God should be revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Sometimes circumstances just are because they just are. Sometimes like the disciples, we can see those situations and judge and make wrong assessments. But when we take it through the eyes of the Spirit, when we pray through it, God can show us. And there's three things that can affect us and give us wrong assessment. First one's our sin. Second one's our circumstances. And the third one is the life that we've, we've lived. If it's our sin, we need to confess our sin. God will show us. And we have a relationship with that merciful and wondrous God and Saviour. And his name is Jesus. And we have the power of the Holy Spirit to help us with everything that we need to do. To identify the things that are in our lives that are causing us to have that blindness in part. Causing us to see things wrongly. Causing us to reflect like a rainbow. You see the spectrum of the rainbow. You see the colours of the rainbow. And it's a beautiful thing and yet it's an illusion. And God wants us to be disillusioned so that we are seeing things clearly for what they really are according to the way he would say they are. Sometimes it's an unlearning of philosophy and thoughts and processes and patterns and behaviours that we've walked in. So if we confess our sin and we repent to that sin to receive God's forgiveness, he cleanses us and heals us. And he sets us free from condemnation because I've found that, you know, when you're wanting to do something for God, the very thing that we want to do is often 
the Achilles heel. We're wanting to step out and do something for God, but because of something that's happened in our past, it's like a shackle around our ankle that every time we step forward, it pulls us back. And yet God has set us free. He came to set us free. When we confess our sins, he sets us free. He's removed our sin as far as the east is from the west. And when we say, God, you know, I'm so sorry I did this, you know, and if we we've done it once then it's done it's done God has removed it from us and he's he's given us that righteousness and when he looks at us he sees the blood of Jesus because we're under the blood of Jesus we've come into that relationship with God that new covenant the new testament that relationship where we are under the covering of Christ because that blood has been appropriated and applied to our lives and in real terms all that means if you don't If you're not into theology, God loves you. He sent Jesus for you. Jesus shed his blood that we might be forgiven. We receive Jesus and all is forgiven. Now the consequences of what we've done in the past, we've still got to outwork. But we're free. We're set free. We're new creations, born again by the Spirit of God. And when God gives us that capacity to see him the way he really is, it's outstanding. Cast your mind back to your first encounter with Jesus. Or if you haven't had that encounter yet, Ask him to reveal himself, to show himself to you so that you can see him for who he really is. Not just an historical figure, not just a name that you use when you blaspheme, when you swear, not just someone that is with the prophets, with any other religion. No, Jesus Christ, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Ask him to reveal himself to you and let let the Spirit of God Open your eyes to give you the sight to see who he really, really is. You see, we can live under that cloud of guilt and shame and self-condemnation because of what we've done. You know, I didn't become a Christian until I was much older. (laughs) I was 34 when I became a Christian. I knew about God, but I didn't know him. I knew about religion, but I didn't have any relationship with him. And that's the difference. And that's what we teach in this church. We teach the word of God, that life is about relationship with a living God through his son, the saviour, Lord Jesus Christ, and seeing him for who he really is. Once I was blind... But now I see, and we can all say that to some degree. Life in the world can just happen, but we get to choose what we do. A couple of weeks ago, I preached on four I determined, those choices that we make, the choices that we make to serve God, the choices that we make for a better life for ourselves, for our partners, for our kids, our grandkids, our families, the choices that we have the power to make when God is pointing things out in our lives that we need to just release to him, that we can see it clearly for what it is. And we don't lose anything. All we do is gain a new understanding of the power and the might and the glory and the love of God. Say, Lord, take that from me. Take it from me. 
I just want to please you. I just want to serve you. I want to see things the way you see things. I nearly hit a kangaroo on the way to church this morning. It was amazing. And I was driving very slowly because I was really early this morning, up at half past five and just praying. And as I was driving along... And I thought, I'm just going to go really slowly through the hills here. And as I, as I came around a corner, there was this magnificent kangaroo that jumped into the road and sat there. And I stopped and I looked at him and I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and I looked at this kangaroo and I thought, what magnificent creation. What a beautiful, beautiful creature this is. And if I hadn't been listening to God to go slow this morning, things could have ended very, very sadly and very badly. And yet the car that was behind me that was wanting to get past me all of a sudden had a revelation of, I need to slow down. So that was really good. But we see things how God wants us to see things when we take the time, take that step back from the busyness of our life and walk and, and drive and run at the pace that God wants us to run at so that we have the time and the capacity to say, Lord, what is it you want of me today? What are you wanting to say to me today? What are you wanting me to do today? And then he shows you this magnificent creature or whatever it is in your circumstances. But today, I was so blessed by looking at this animal that just looked at me and I thought I saw his little paws go up and say, praise the Lord. <laughs> that was just me, I think. <laughs> so life happens and we can... We can choose. We determine what we're going to do with life. We're going to listen to God or are we going to just go about doing the same old, same old? What does God want to do in you and what does he want to do through you, through our circumstances? Jesus said, I am in the world. I am the light of the world. And he said he's going to work while it's still day. Night is coming when no man can work. I think I shared a couple of weeks ago, I, I was at a, I was at a protest in Ukraine, a Ukrainian protest, and I was in Poland. And the things that are happening in the world, and I was sharing with Brett and Rachel this morning, things that are happening in the world that we are so far removed of, but we shouldn't be. We're removed from these circumstances. But in everything that we're seeing, we need to filter it through the lens of God. We need to filter it through what God is saying through this. We need to filter it through the word and what God says about it. I could see the potential for incredible strife to come. I could see the potential. I'm not saying it's going to happen and I'm not prophesying or anything like that. But my eyes were open to world events and how it's affecting the mums, the dads, the children, you know, the population, the communities and how they've come into Poland for, for refuge and, and Lord, what can we do about this? And we can pray and there are other things that we can do as well. But that's just an example of eyes being open to see things that are really happening so that we know the times we're living in. Like the men of Issachar, you will know the times that you're living in so that we understand what the needs are in our family, in our world, in our community and say, Lord, how can I be part of your solution? Because anything that we do that is not God's solution is not going to have an eternal consequence. You know, it can be a good solution, but we don't just want the good solution, we want the God solution. And God wants us to have our eyes open to the things that are happening, the things in our community, the need in our community. And, you know, don't want to go on about it, but 
every Friday at the Hub. It is just such a wonderful haven of provision and fellowship, you know, and friendship as people come in. And God uses these things to envelop people, to know that they are precious and loved and cared for and we care and we love because God cares for us and loves us and loves everyone as well. And I'm losing my voice. I need to stop talking, don't I? (laughs) Uh, So... We need to be connected to our world. We cannot isolate ourselves and we can't allow those blinkers on our eyes to not come off so that we can actually see with full vision, 2020 vision, what's happening and how God wants to speak to us and through us and use us to be part of his solution in our community. Oh, thank you. That's kind. <laughs> thank you. As long as I am in the world, Jesus said, I am the light of the world. And then John 8, 12 said, Jesus spoke to them again saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness but have the light of life. We need his light to show our path. His word is a lamp to our feet and a light unto our path. But also his word brings us the healing we need. And Malachi 4.2 says, But to you who fear my name, the Son of Righteousness shall arise with healing in his wings, and you shall grow out, go out and grow fat like stall-fed calves. Who wants to grow fat like a stall-fed calf? Who already is? (laughs) What God wants to do in us and through us, Jesus is our healer, spirit, soul and body. He is the Son of Righteousness. That has not only the light in his wings, for those who can see, but healing in his wings. That Christ would cure a blind man. And in this scripture we see it's representative of the blind world that we're in. Because he came to be a light to the world. Not only to give light, but to give sight. As a guiding, quickening, refreshing light. And as we look to him and turn our eyes to him, we see the light and the love of Christ flowing through his love and his grace and his mercy in our lives. Romans 11.25 said, For I do not desire, brethren, that you should be ignorant of this mystery, lest you should be wise in your own opinion, that blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles has come in. So we know this is a application to the nation of Israel and we're the Gentiles unless you're born a Jew we are the Gentiles and blindness in part is still with the Jewish nation until the fullness of the Gentiles comes in and that's a whole nother message but the light that gives us sight and clarity gives us the vision and we know in Proverbs 29 it says without a vision the people perish So we've got to have that vision to move forward in what God has given us. Our blindness can lock us into a prison of our own doing. Sometimes we're in a prison because somebody has put us there as well. And I'm not talking a physical prison, I'm talking an emotional, spiritual prison. A prison where our lives are so limited and restricted because of what's happened in our life. But you know what? When Jesus came, he said, 
He came that we might have life and life more abundantly. He came to set the captive free and he can do that for you. He's done that and he's doing that for me. It's present tense, ongoing. And what happened? Jesus spat on the ground and he made clay and he anointed the blind man's eyes and he washed and he came back seeing, verses 6 and 7. So he spat on the ground and he made clay with his saliva and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with his clay. I remember reading this the first time and thinking, ugh. <laughs> A substance that's normally used to seal something up. When you have clay, it's used to seal something up. You know, they, they used clay to put between the bricks to build a house. And I'm sure they didn't spit into the dirt and make clay for that. But Jesus spat. He used his own spittle and he mixed it with the dirt. Maybe even the very dirt the man was sitting on. The very thing that he was sitting on supporting him. And he made clay. Now Jesus could have cured him with a word. As he did with others. He could have... He could have touched him like he did with the leper. He could have spoken the word while miles away from a sick person and healed him. He could have said a prayer over him and forgiven him so that the man's sins were forgiven and the healing came. He could have, just like he did with the dead girl, raised her by the hand from the dead. He stood in front of the tomb and raised Lazarus, called him out. Lazarus, come forth. There's no, there's no pattern to how Jesus wants to heal. He put his fingers in the deaf man's ears and, and wiggled them and the deaf man could hear. I sound like a New Zealand then, don't I? Diff. <laughs> So the way that God works is so individual and so personal with every single one of us. He even healed Peter's mother-in-law from the fever. And what happened? She got up and started serving them, made food. That was awesome. <laughs> but no, he made clay out of his own spit. Maybe there was no water nearby, but there must have been because the man went and washed. So Jesus could have sent someone for a bucket of water to come back, but he didn't. He spat into the dirt, made clay and put it on his eyes and the very thing that should have sealed his eyes once he washed was the very thing that opened his eyes and he saw for the first time. He used his own saliva and through that it's, a, it's an incredible picture of how everything that is in God's hand, everything of Christ has the capacity for the miraculous. Everything that God touches has the capacity and the ability and the impotence to do absolutely everything he sends it to do. It's the awesomeness of Christ because there's healing virtue in everything that belongs to Christ. Everything that belongs to Christ. It was much more precious than the oil of Gilead. Jesus spit and the clay. And he daubed clay on the eyes of the blind man like, like a tender physician. <laughs> he did it with his own hand even though the man was a beggar that others walked by didn't even recognise. 
Jesus did this to magnify his power in making that blind man see by the method which everyone thought would seal his eyes up for good. You see, the things of God will confound the natural things because God is supernatural. The things of God will confound. The wisdom of man is foolishness to God, the word says in Corinthians. The very thing that you think is going to be your downfall, the very thing that has been something that you've carried as a burden can be the very thing that Jesus touches and heals and says, right, you're on your way. And he has made a testimony out of the test that you have walked through. Incredible. Whatever you've gone through, there's nothing wasted in God. And one touch from the hand of the master, he brings the healing and the strength that we need to move forward. Matthew Henry, I love Matthew Henry's commentary. It's my favourite, favourite book after the Bible. He said, The power of God often works by contraries and he makes men feel their own blindness before he gives them their sight. Isn't that awesome? You see, the gospel of Jesus is to open all of our eyes. Everyone who has ever lived, everyone who is alive now and everyone who ever will live Sometimes we have those scales on our eyes. Acts 26, 18, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. And Paul in his conversion was struck blind and he was struck blind for three days. Paul was Saul before he was converted. His name was Saul and then he became the great apostle Paul. And then the scales fell from his eyes. And what Paul had been about, he thought he was doing God's work. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. And we might be about doing what we think is what God wants us to do. And yet when the scales fall from our eyes and we see fully, we see with full sight what God wants us to see, then we really understand the power of God at work in our life. Because it's religion versus relationship. It's about the natural versus the supernatural. And the Spirit of God has been given us so that we can do... The people who know their God will do great exploits. And that's an Old Testament scripture. I think it's in Daniel. We can do that. We can do that as we see with the eyes that Jesus has given us to see and understand. So the man went and he washed and he came seeing and the clay washed off from his eyes and he saw... And the same thing happens to us when we see Christ as he really is. He draws us to himself. He washes us and the word of God will wash us and prayer will wash us and the Holy Spirit will come upon us and cleanse us, cleanse our thinking, clean our hearts, make us vessels worthy for him, make us who are not me, nothing, nothing. And yet nothing in God's hand becomes something. Nothing in God's hands when you yield to him, whatever it is you've got, whether it's a stick that you've got. Moses took a stick and he hit the Red Sea and the Red Sea parted. Amazing. A stick. 
Whatever you've got in your hand, whatever you think that you have that is just so natural and normal, I was just born like this, I've just got this thing. No, when you put it in the hand of God, what can God do through that? What can God do through you when you yield to him and see him for who he really is? What about the five smooth stones? David picked them up out of a, out of a spring um, stream. And there was the, the giant Goliath and he picked up these five smooth stones and he took his sling and he slung one, hit the, the giant in the front of his head. And the law of physics said that giant should have fallen backwards, but he didn't. He fell forward on his face and that was because he fell forward because God had done this. It was a supernatural act, this little boy with a stone. If God can do that through David, what can he do through you? If God can use the stick that was in Moses' hand, what does he want to use that you have in your hand to do? Sorry, I'm getting a bit carried away here. (laughs) Sometimes we can be so blind to the person of Jesus and his power. But he just wants to love on you today. And you know what? You might think, you don't know what I've done. (laughs) I don't and I don't need to. But God does. And he loves you. And he can use all things for his glory. Amen. You see, he's the potter. We're the clay. And if we let him mould us and make us and shape us into the vessel that is his plan for us, then that vessel gives glory to the maker. Every one of you is perfect in his sight under the blood of Jesus. Every one of you is a work in progress. Every one of you has things that God wants to do in you and through you. How's your sight today? Are you seeing what God wants to see in you and what he wants to do through you? Just such a picture, the very thing that cripples and paralyzes us is the very thing that as we give it to God, he turns it around and make something incredible out of it. What the enemy means for bad, God turns for good. He turns our stumbling blocks into stepping stones. So he doesn't take us out of our circumstances, but he gives us the power to move through one step at a time, through whatever we're going through. How is your sight today? So I'm going to close now and I would love to pray for you if you would like prayer today. But I just really sense that we're at a a time in our church where God wants to bring some breakthrough and some clarity and wisdom in the way we do things and the way that we're seeing things. 
and above all else, the way we are yielded to God for his glory. Because it's all about him. And the older I get and the more I'm in his word, the more I realise it's all about him. It's all about Jesus. Amen. So let's pray. Father God, I thank you today for your word, the power of your word. I thank you that your word is truth, your word is life, your word is light, your word is a love letter to us, your word is a direction for us, your word is a correction for us, your word is a map for us to walk through, Lord God, showing the way that we need to walk in you. Father God, I thank you, Lord, that, Lord, you give sight to the blind, not just physical sight because, Lord, you are a healer and you can heal the blind eyes and the deaf ears and all that ails us. But, Father, I'm talking today about the things you've shown me regarding spiritual blindness and spiritual restrictions in our sight. And, Father, I pray for my brothers and sisters here today. If you are here today or listening online for the first time and you don't know Jesus as Saviour and Lord, he came to shed his blood for you. He came to give you the forgiveness that as you seek him, as you ask forgiveness, that he can wash that sin away, that he can reconcile you or make you good in relationship with the Father through that blood that he has shed for us. I thank you today that each one that is is calling upon the name of Jesus now can receive Jesus as Saviour and Lord. I pray right now for the sight of to be restored to them, to see Jesus as he really is. I pray for those scales to fall from eyes today, Lord God, that they would see you. Yes, Jesus died for me. He paid the price that I had to pay, but I don't even need to pay it anymore because Jesus has done it for me. I thank you, Lord, today that you have done that for me. And God, I pray for everyone in this place that is wanting to receive Jesus as they reach out to you now, Father, for a download from heaven. And Lord God, I pray that you would just minister to their heart right at their point of need. And God, I pray for every single one who says, Lord Jesus, be my saviour, be my Lord, be my God, that you would just give them the power and the gift of your Holy Spirit to walk in newness of life. Father, I pray for those that have prayed that prayer today for the first time that they would get in touch with a church, this church or a church that is going to mentor them and resource them and help them on their walk with you. And God, I give you praise and thanks for all that you're doing. If there's one in this place today that wants to give their life to Jesus, just slip up your hand now while every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Is there one in this place that says, I've been away from you, I want to come back to you, or I don't know you the way I want to know you? If there's one today, I thank you. I thank you, Father God, that you're touching every heart in this place. In Jesus' name. For those of us, Lord, who are walking with you and knowing you, I pray, Father God, for those scales to fall from our eyes, even if they are in just part. Lord, that you would give us the vision. Lord, as you daub the clay on our eyes, that we would see things the way you want us to see it. That you, Father God, would show us the things we need to see, Lord God. That we would not be bound by fear or circumstances or life, Lord God, but 
we would just trust in you with all our heart and lean not on our own understanding and say, yes, Lord, whatever it is, show me what I need to see, show me what I need to do and let me walk in the power of your spirit in the obedience to do the things you're calling me to do. And God, I pray today that whatever restrictions are around us, Father, if we've got a prison around us, Lord God, I pray, Father God, for strategies to walk through each one of those restrictions, Lord God. Lord, day by day, Lord God, minute by minute sometimes there are those that feel like they're just really struggling. But Lord, I thank you that the power of your spirit is available to show them I give you the strength for today. Walk in the way that I will show you in Jesus' name. Father God, I thank you that, Lord, the very natural things that are around us that we think are of no use, the things that have happened in our lives, Father, I thank you that you will take them and put them in our hand and let us use them for your glory, Lord God. And God, I pray for every single person in this place today that you would bless them, that you prosper them, that you would give them a future and a hope as they seek you with all their heart. And God, I pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you would just watch over your people in the relationship they have with you, the relationship they have with others. And God, to walk in the path that you set before them all the days of their lives. And I pray this in the matchless and the most wondrous and awesome name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If you enjoyed today's podcast, make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all our latest sermons. If you would like to get connected, you can find us on Facebook at Bridge City Church or come along to our Sunday service at 10am.